Hi and welcome to the Evolving Media Podcast. Today we'll be looking into an area where I spent some of my formative years in the media business, the field of television formats. A format is kind of a recipe for how to make a television show, think Survivor or The Voice. A recipe that can be exported to other territories with a minimum of fuss and a somewhat foolproof guarantee for success. But in today's world, with an ever more discerning audience, will formats have a future? And what will it look like in that case? My guest today is Jan Salling, formerly of Nordic World, Bunny J, and now head of BBC Studios Nordics. Welcome. I welcome Jan Salling to the podcast. I'm really happy to have you on, on, this, on this podcast to talk about television formats. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sam. So when we spoke before we started recording this, uh, I, I said that when I think of television formats, I think of you. Could you just really briefly uh, talk, tell a little bit about your background, where you came from and, and what you're doing right now? Yes, I, uh, I'll be glad to. I've been in the TV industry for 32 years. I started in 88 uh, producing f- TV formats. Wheel of Fortune was the first one. And then I uh, carried on with TV formats uh, for more than a decade as I was producing, executive producing and being a managing director for various production companies in the Nordics, both in Denmark, Sweden and, and in Norway. Uh, after 15, 16 years of producing and managing, directing production companies, I felt that the production uh, environment was getting too tough and too tight and the margins were getting too low. And I wanted to try something else. So I went uh, went to TV distribution and started trading TV formats and trading TV rights uh, instead. Uh, and having been a producer, uh, I found out that uh, that was of, of high value in the TV trading, in the TV format industry, that the salespeople was actually, they knew what they were talking about. They knew how to produce. They knew what, what would happen if you swap the celebrities with normal people, if, if you took it from uh, prime time to daytime, if you took it from weekly to stripped and so uh, so that gave a lot of credibility and, and, and trust between me as a seller of table formats and the buyers. And, you know, at the, and at the end of the day, Simon, uh, what sells a TV format any day is trust. Trust that uh, a local success from a territory can be exported to be just as successful in another territory uh, using the same recipe. Uh, that is that that takes trust. So uh, so that you know that was really fun. So I was part of Zodiac, Banerjee, Nordisk Film, Nordic World, and um, uh, almost eighteen months ago I joined BBC Studios Nordics. So now I'm head of BBC Studios Nordics. Uh, so I'm uh, responsible for all the BBC formats that are produced here. So that's. Dancing with the Stars, or Strictly Come Dancing, as it's called in various territories, uh, which is in all five territories, if we can include Iceland. We have Bake Off in three territories, Top Gear in three territories, uh, Maestro, uh, and a lot of other shows as well. So I'm supervising those and and making sure that all of those formats are produced according to BBC standards, and I'm negotiating the license right deals with the broadcasters. Mm. And handling the producers here. 
So being kind of an, an executive producer for BBC Studios in the Nordics, you could say. And uh, the formats you were just describing, I mean, those are big formats, Dancing with the Stars or Strictly Come Dancing, yeah. Top Gear, etc. and so forth. And I remember back in the days when I got into the television format business, I heard all these legends about people selling TV formats back off, uh, on, on the back of a napkin, you know, in, in, in yeah. Cannes, etc. and so forth. And it, it felt like uh, the television format thing was the thing that was going to revolutionize uh, how we create uh, content for television. You could create something and have it exported around mm. the world and with some sort of guarantee of success. Uh, and those were, those were sort of like the, the, the sunrise days of the television forum yeah, industry. I, th- I think, you know, uh, I, I totally agree. Those were the heydays of TV formats. And, and for me, those heydays were the 90s mm. where TV formats really took off. And it's true, there are a lot of myths out there on formats that have been sold on the back of a nap- napkin uh, in a in a croisette restaurant over a bottle of wine or three uh, in Cannes. And, and things did happen, so it's not only myths, but it's uh, sometimes it's just uh, slightly exaggerated. Yes. But 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 it has nevertheless changed. When I first went to uh, to MIP TV or MIPCOM, uh, it was in '92 or '93 was my first time down there, and in those days and during most of the '90s, there was the MIPS and other TV festivals around the world was really creative hotbeds where people shared ideas, met like-minded souls. Uh, uh, co-developed something, made alliances, pitched things in the restaurants, mm-hmm. and things were literally acquired in the restaurants there on the spot, or at least they got you know got a got a good handshake that could later become a good contract. And that um, you know it was true you know that it was a really a creative spot. But I think as we went into the to the new decade and into uh, t- to the 2000s and we had some finance crisis and all of that the atmosphere and the uh, and the mood of the mips and the tv festivals around the world changed very much to be to and ditched all the creativeness and became more business focused mm, yeah so, so in those days i would say from 2000 2010 or a bit longer, perhaps, you know, uh, we were we were actively selling options, you know, but it was a lot about the business, the business, the business, not so much about, you know, uh, having a meeting and being excited about creativity, but more about the business side of things. And and then it's changed into a, a third life now. I think the last five to ten years is gone from doing actual business at the Cairns to actually just being a networking forum. Mm. Where you uh, where you keep updated with your with your clients, you keep updated with your you know where what's cooking, but you don't actually do business there. Business is done year round now, uh, and and it's it's definitely not done in Cannes. It's done in between the markets more than anything. Mm. So you could see you know a typical rhythm for a Nordic distributor would be to plant the seeds, uh, pitch stuff at MIP TV in April. And then try to harvest some deals out of that in autumn at MIPCOM. Mm. That is that would be the usual cycle of, of TV formats these days. But it's uh, but it's uh, but it's year-round selling now, just as much in between the MIPS as at the MIPS. Mm. 
and and I think that that somehow that has shown itself to be a quite an integral part of how television formats have evolved. As you say, the creativity back in the days turned into business, turned into something else now, more of a networking yeah. thing. And uh, for me, I, I feel that's that's perhaps why we haven't seen all that many groundbreaking new television formats, uh, you know, c- come forth in the in the past years. We, I think that yeah. you had the married married at first sight. You had the voice, you yeah, know, the stuff like re- that. Most recent Nordic, the most recent Nordic one is definitely married at first mm-hmm. sight, and that's a that's a, a, a seven years old now. It's from two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. And has currently been sold into 30 territories, so that is the most recent Nordic success. But but uh, but then before that, even older, you had the Voice. That's 10 years old. That's from 2010. Uh, and uh, and lately, of course, which which sparked a bit of hope into the creative mindsets of TV producers last year or the year before that, when Masked Singer from South Korea mm, yeah. started. Uh, but 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 things do not become global successes the, the way they did it before. You know, you know things travel slowly uh, but steady. Uh, in, in, again, in the old days, if we're being nostalgic, you know, you could have format sales and productions up and running in thirty, forty, fifty territories in, in a couple of years. Mm. Now, I think you know, in a couple of years, if you're lucky, you'll have three to four up. Mm. And then in another handful of years, you'll probably have be up to six to eight. So a, a successful format sales this day is between six and ten territories of of decent size. Then you have a success. Mm. Yeah, that's and of course that's that's a long way to the most most traveled format of the world, which is still Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, yeah. which is which is produced in one hundred and three different territories. Yeah. There is a long way from from those days until where we are now, where where six to ten territories is regarded as as, as successful. Yeah. And I mean that's still on air in so many of these territories. Uh, who wants it to is. be a millionaire? It's still a proven success. So why why yeah. change it out for something you're not you're not entirely sure about? On the other hand, that yeah. makes everything go a little bit stale. Uh, perhaps in the long yeah, run. Yeah, it is. You know, it, it, you know, it, it, we we lose out on the uh, on the the edge of the format business. You know, and that creative feel which all of us love mm. being about. You know, the combination of thinking out of the box and being creative and trying to break new ground and break new genres and hybrids and come up with exciting new stuff. That goes a bit down the drain when when all the broadcasters go too safe mm. or when the only thing that producers come up with for the sake of surviving or making a buck is derivative formats, which are, you know, same, same, but different. Mm-hmm, yeah. Same as millionaire but with a twist same as wipe swap but with a twist you know that that's 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 a killer to creativeness uh and and there are of course other other flaws in in that kind of uh, behavior as well but um, but that's that's another thing mm. now looking at the year 2020 it's been well yeah. a little bit of a special year to say the least uh, an odd year <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and i do you feel that uh, the corona crisis, the pandemic, do you feel that that's sort of forced a little bit more creativity into uh, how how networks are looking at television shows? I've, I've only seen that 
that, yeah, that some, some, some more, there's been some more thought about how to, in a situation that is so extraordinary, how to create content mm. that resonates with people and that can perhaps look at some angles where, where you take advantage of the special situation that everyone is in. Yeah. No, I, I, I think, uh, you know, I, I almost feel ashamed of saying it, but I think the Corona crisis has been good in many ways, uh -huh. you know, and that sounds cynical when so, so many people have suffered, lost their jobs and even their lives. Mm. Uh, that's, I don't mean to be disrespectful in regards of that, but in, in, in the essence of looking at the pandemic, uh, uh, through the uh, through the glasses of the creative TV industry, I think it's giving us a, a, a well needed and well deserved kick in the butt for thinking outside the. We've been forced to think outside the box, both in the way we construct formats and the way we adapt into technology. And and we already before the pandemic, we saw we saw people getting uh, you know getting to work more and more from home and it was trendy uh, especially within the uh, advertising industry was really trendy in the nordics to work from home and letting people choose when they want to be in office or not but it, it was really it was more for the trendy trendsetters but that after the pandemic suddenly became mainstream and the new normal uh, that has forced everybody to uh, rethink uh, their values, uh, rethink the way they um, they treat, uh, treat themselves. Uh, and it's also forced employers uh, of all kinds to, to accept that if they uh, want to have work done, they need to accept that people work from home and make that work for them in one way or the other. Uh, and uh, and I think that's uh, that's been good for us. Uh, and I think the the world needed a kick in the butt. Yeah. And I hope, I just hope on a personal basis, I just hope that people see uh, the pandemic as the uh, as the general rehearsals for climate change. You know, it's it's really you know Simon, you know, from a from a philosophical point of view, I would say the pandemic has forced the world. Or, or have made the world see that we can that we are actually on this globe together, and we can all be impacted, yeah. uh, disregarding on where we are and uh, how much money we make, where we live. Uh, you know, if we're rich, old, young, whatever, we can all be impacted on a global scale. Uh, you know, and that resonates very well with the uh, with the climate change. Uh, solution that needs to be found you know so i hope that people will, will connect there too in their mind and i hope we will see some formats going in that direction yeah i agree i, I think looking back a couple of months when the pandemic struck most of the world quite at the same time for, for the most part with some 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 weeks discrepancies between different territories but still you had yeah. a period of time where uh, you know neighbors helped each other out, you know people look were looking yes. out for each other. It was more of a global community feeling that we don't know exactly what we are in, but we're all in this together. And I agree fully with what you're saying that uh, this is this is this was in three months what uh, climate change will play out in three decades. So it's it's yeah. it's, it's sort of like the abbreviated version, the cliff notes to climate change that we've been looking at. Yeah. 
I think it, I think it should. You know, I, a, a nightmare scenario for me or the, and the world would be if people just try to get over this bloody pandemic and then go back to the old normal Business and not show, yeah. and not stay with the new normal. You know, and there's a tendency, you know, that I think is a natural instinct of ours. We want to go back to where we were. We want to go back to fair, where we felt comfortable and everything was the same. And the, the you know, it just feels comfortable and safe. Yeah. Uh, and I, Oh, it's just natural for human beings who want to be in that spot. Yeah. But I hope that we will stick with the new normal, you know, and, and, and take it in and use it for something constructive. Yeah. Talking about constructive yeah. things and, and, uh, and creative things, I feel that one thing that this, this has brought on is that you, as a creative person working with content, you, you start looking at an audience as someone you can we both know that we've been talking about, you know, user sent, user um, uh, generated content was a was I think a buzzword in something like 2012, yes. perhaps yes. <laughs> something like that. Yeah. One of the many buzzwords <laughs> that's been going around the business. But this is this feels like one of the first times where you can actually start thinking about people um, interacting not just with the content but also with 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 the people in the production. You know, you have more of a community you, you can add more of a community feeling to yes. a uh, to a property to a show to a format than before mm. do you agree yeah I, I, I fully agree you know the uh, as i as i said before you know it was um, the the use of technology on skype and zoom and uh, whatever meets uh, team google meets or whatever you have is was was being used, uh, especially uh, somewhat in the creative industry, whether it's us or the uh, or the commercial entities. But I think the the everyday people and the you know the across all generation has taken on board this technology. So this technology has exploded. If you've, you've seen the numbers of the Zoom users uh, over the past three months, it's it's gone gone radically up. You know, it's ex- exponential. Uh, so people have taken on board these new technologies and, uh, and absorbed them and accepted them as, as an everyday tools. And that has given us as creatives uh, in the TV industry new tools to play with, you know, new tools in the toolbox to play with when we try to think about either refreshing old ideas or uh, or launching new ideas. Yeah. So... Um- one, one final question uh, for you. Uh, what should we be looking out for in the future? What, what, do, do you have anything that you yourself in particular uh, would be looking forward to, to when it comes to content, television formats, things we can experience in the entertainment sphere? Yeah, I I would say I would hate, you know, if I start with the negative, I would hate to see more brain dead reality shows <laughs> about dating about dating and nothing else but dating, you know, which which has no meaning, no sense besides escapism and stupid entertainment. Let's not name any names. Not, not name any names. No, let's not name any names. I can, I can mention a few, but let's, uh, let's keep them an, an anonymous. Yes. I would hate to say more of that, you know, because I think that goes the opposite way of where I think we should be going. But I would love to see 
more of what we in the Nordics across all four territories love the most, and that is entertainment with a purpose. Mm-hmm. So good, solid entertainment where you actually, which has a deeper meaning that can make you think, but you can still be entertained. Uh, I would love to see more of that. I would love to see more of that under the umbrellas of of uh, of of climate change. Of course, I think that goes without saying. Yeah, you know, on, on everything else I've said, I've lo- I've loved to see some formats in that in that range, entertainment with a purpose formats about climate change, and I'd love to see more formats about work life balance uh, and how we can live good lives yes. without without the everyday stress and uh, fucked up children and fucked up minds and heart diseases and whatever um, else comes out of a too stressful life so i think uh, i would love to see more of that and i and i've, I've already been pitched a, a, a few ideas in in that thing so i think there's something coming more more is coming in Here's hoping that we'll get to experience that sooner rather than later. Uh, thank you, Jan, yeah. for being on this podcast. It was a thank as you, always, Simon. Thank you, for, thank you for having me. A pleasure talking to you, and have a have a great rest of the week. Thanks. Likewise, Simon. Simon.